This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated by my side is Eric Eggers, the co-host of this program. Been watching the news a lot lately, right, as you have been, and a lot of interesting headlines. We're going to talk about one of those today. Uh, And to give people an indication of maybe what we're going to talk about I have a question for you. Okay. If you were ever detained in a Russian prison, what would you be worth? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it it just depends on to whom, right? Uh, (laughs) You know, to my wife, maybe I would be worth a WNBA player. Uh, To my publisher, I probably wouldn't be. (laughs) I'm thinking like two mid-grade drug dealers would (laughs) be, would be, uh, that's, I think that's, that's very, uh, that's a good valuation. Can we not at least get a little white collar crime action going on? (laughs) I mean, apparently we're just passing criminals back and forth across the uh, international waiver wire, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that's the kind of trade that you're used to hearing about on ESPN. But we're talking about it today, obviously, because Brittany Griner is back in the United States, uh, thanks to this agreement that was struck, this exchange done between the United States government and the Russian government. We traded... Um, the the merchant of death uh, for an NBA uh, WNBA all star, and we're going to unpack this today. Um, a lot of interesting questions. We want to talk about the trade, maybe do an ESPN type breakdown. So I know you've covered sports in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to lean on you heavily for that. We also want to figure out why did this happen, and the troubling question is, you know, have identity politics now entered? hostage negotiations are we at a point where who Brittany who Brittany Griner is mm-hmm. in terms of you know the fact that she's lesbian she's African American she's a celebrity did that play a factor in putting her to the top of the line and I think the fundamental question we all have to ask ourselves I've been wondering this question for years going back to the Afghan wars and the Iraq wars you find these circumstances where Americans go into hostile countries Brittany Griner going to Russia And the question is, what are our obligations to Americans who put themselves at risk overseas? No, it's a good question. I I think uh, the reactions to this story are very disparate. And I think it's, you know, like a lot of things kind of reflective of where you are ideologically, because some people I've seen express just profound outrage at the fact that we traded an arms dealer who is, as you noted, uh, called the merchant of death is the guy that's equipped. Hezbollah, it's a guy that's allegedly traded arms to the Taliban before um, for a, a basketball player. But I've heard other people say, oh, imagine if it was 
a, a male basketball player. Imagine if it was Kevin Garnett or excuse me, Kevin uh, Durant. Would, we, that, would, would that matter? We would have traded five of those guys because <laughs> I wouldn't because the media pressure would have been, you know, here's a guy who like just, I guess, has more cultural cachet than a WNBA player. I mean, the reason why Brittany Griner was in Russia in the first place is because of how little money women's basketball oh, players make. On, no, no, no. How much does she make a year? No, I'm. Just, that's not a critique of the American capitalist system. I'm just no, saying that but that's I'm asking, why th- this is the argument that, that players in the w- WNBA have made, mm-hmm. right? That they don't make enough. They make roughly half a million dollars a year. Uh, and they have to go to play. They quote unquote, have to go to places like Russia because the Russian women's basketball league for a reason, I don't completely understand. Right. Pays them a lot more. You get all these oligarchs who can just like, it's a, this right. is what they want to fund. No, uh, you don't hear me uh, saying that, Oh, that the system is unfair. And so she had to go there to, to provide for her family. But the reality is that I think it, to the point of how little women's basketball players rate culturally in the United States versus others, the fact that she was there to make more money because they want to go make more money in Russia than they do right. in the United States playing basketball. She's making a choice right. and she's making half a million dollars a year already, which by my definition is quite good. Uh, and the notion that, oh, you know, I have no other option except mm-hmm. to go play basketball in Russia is, is I think, patently absurd. But we're going to unpack that and look at this whole question. So let's talk about this swap involving Griner and Victor Boot. Uh, Victor Boot, the merchant of death. Uh, he wasn't selling weapons to the British Royal Air Force, right? He was selling it to Hezbollah. He had told it to terrorist organizations. And the reason he was actually apprehended in 2008 was the United States Drug Enforcement Agency uh, posed as Colombian rebels who were involved with the drug cartels. And Victor Boot said, yeah, I'll be glad to, uh, glad to sell you weapons. And they got him in a sting operation. So this guy is... Dirty is all get out. And really, I think you could argue has been responsible for the killing of American and Westerners. Um, and he was extradited to the United States in 2010. So in terms of an actual deal, one for one, how did Vladimir Putin make out in this deal, giving up Brittany Griner in exchange for receiving back the merchant of death? This might be like an obscure reference, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the Tampa Bay Rays are generally considered to be like the smartest franchise in professional sports. They routinely will trade what appears to be a very good player for these low level prospects. Right. And then almost immediately that player gets hurt or something. Like that. <laughs> and then the prospects all become all stars that they right. have control over on the cheap. So I would say right. Vladimir Putin could work for the Tampa Bay Rays. He, <laughs> okay. he has, they basically got back an all-star right. for a WNBA player. That's I right. mean, that's literally what happened. That's exactly right. So what the trade didn't include, and this is the controversy, of course, is Paul Whelan, a U.S. Marine who is serving a 16-year prison sentence in Russia. He's been accused of spying. Uh, he obviously denies the charge. The United States denies the charge. There are some interesting circumstances uh, involving uh, his arrest. Uh, he arrived in Moscow uh, for the wedding of a fellow former Marine. Mm-hmm. And Whelan had a little bit of pocket change. He was carrying $80,000 in cash. I mean, I was trying to do it up. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's the thing is you're going to travel internationally. I know some people would say, you know, maybe Visa isn't everywhere you want to be. If you're, yeah. if you're carrying 80K in cash, which was temporarily, emphasis on temporarily, 
taken from him at the airport. And I guess they give it back to him. And then he goes and he has this extended meeting with a member of the Russian intelligence service. He allegedly ends up with a USB drive with a list of the names of the employees of said intelligence service. This is what's alleged. This is what's alleged. He denies it. But in Russia, that's called spying. And so they have- In Russian, that could also be called a setup, right? I mean, this is usually what they do. In the case of Brittany Griner- Right. She was not just charged. She had a little bit of uh, marijuana residue um, in her uh, in her vape. She was actually charged with uh, a drug um, peddling drugs, not just possessing drugs. So they create these sort of exaggerated uh, charges. And when we say Paul Whelan's a Marine, he was not an active Marine. Correct. But he had served in the United States uh, Marine Corps in the 80s, I believe, is from Michigan, actually also has Irish, British and Canadian citizenship, which his brother said is something that he pursued more because of to reflect the genealogical diversity. Like if there's a white country out there, Paul Whelan <laughs> might have been a citizen of it. <laughs> so that's it. So that, I mean, that's really kind of, and you, you raised the question about the identity politics and how big of a role. I mean, it is sort of a fun contrast, right? Like literally the whitest guy out there, Canadian, British, Irish, and American from Michigan. Yeah. Uh, versus an LGBT African-American basketball player. Well, and let's look specifically on this issue, how this has been presented by the media, because you can imagine these cases, a lot of this is driven by the media uh, and the attention that it garners. Here's what PBS said in talking about Brittany Griner. Griner's arrest in February made her the most high-profile American jailed abroad. Her status is an openly gay black woman Locked up in a country where authorities have been hostile to the LGBTQ community, infused racial, gender, and social dynamics into her legal saga, and made each development a matter of international importance. So that's how PBS puts this. Um, Again, to me, the question is, they talk about a country where authorities have been hostile to the LGBT community. And yet she chose to go pl- play basketball there. Right. How her, hostile is it? It's a yeah, workplace. And and her and her agent obviously didn't dissuade her from going. Her wife did not dissuade her from going. I mean, so she made a choice to go there. But that's, I think, the thing that that concerns me and concerns a lot of Americans is this was made uh, uh, an issue of who these individuals are. Not that it's one American, another American. We want them to all come back. We do. But it suddenly became a priority because she was somehow going to be more victimized in Russia being an openly uh, gay black woman uh, than it was going to happen to Paul Whelan. And to me, that sets a really dangerous precedent if we're now going to make identity politics a question of who gets out first. Uh, you know, that that's that's a huge problem, I think, for our country. Yeah, I think it's both OK to celebrate the fact that an American is no longer being wrongfully detained in Russia. Right. For something that you know I think actually is not a, even against the law necessarily in Russia, depending upon what you read, while also saying, wait a minute, the circumstances, the timing and the potential virtue signaling, the fact that we're picking Brittany Griner over somebody who has served in the United States military because, and that's been reported, right? That, that Russia gave them a chance. You talk about like driving a hard bargain back in July. Uh, it, they announced that Joe Biden had authorized the trade of Whelan and Griner for Victor boot, but Russia instead also, and this is, it's funny the sports metaphors. No, they, they also insisted on the additional release of an assassin who was serving <laughs> a life sentence for murder in right. Germany. Right. So, I mean, that's who Putin's trying to get back. Right. So we got so we got a Marine who went to a wedding in Russia and a WNBA player in exchange for the merchant of death and an assassin. Right. I mean, that's like you talk about like farm systems, right? Like, do we not have harder dudes? 
being detained overseas. That's all we got. We got a guy that went to a wedding and a basketball player. Yeah. We don't have anybody that did any actual crime. Well, here's the interesting thing, too, in 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 the case of uh, Brittany Griner. So she was arrested on February the 17th of this year. Seven days later is when Russia invaded Ukraine. And so the question is, and I think we can generally surmise what the answer is, are those two events uh, connected? In other words, did Russia, did Putin, being the sort of nasty uh, piece of human excrement that he is, say, we need to get some prominent Americans as hostage to give us leverage and get some things that we want? Um, that certainly seems to me what what probably was going on there. Why else would they arrest her? She'd been playing in Russia for a while. It was right? not her first time in Russia. That's correct. She'd been employed there. So why do you feel like detaining Brittany Griner? I definitely think the timing matters. How do you think detaining and having an, an American asset gave Russia leverage for their pending Ukraine invasion? Well, it doesn't give it for the invasion, but again, it's another chip that you have. If you view the negotiation between the United States and Russia as kind of a poker game, mm-hmm. you're making trade-offs. Um, this is another chip that they have. And, and look, let's think about this in very practical terms. Brittany Griner comes back to the United States. I'm very happy about that. You're very happy about that. There's questions about the process, but whatever. We're glad that she's back. Look at Victor Boot. Now, Victor Boot is a man, as was said in a film, with a certain set of skills. Mm -hmm. His skills are moving guns around and munitions around in a way that is very hard to detect internationally. What is Russia facing right now? The invasion happened in February 24th. Immediately, the Western countries put up sanctions and said no arms sales to Russia. China has at least publicly agreed to abide by that. And we have a situation where now Russia is is basically getting their asses kicked by the Ukrainians. And part of the problem is they're short on munitions. Munitions. And so, And this guy has now since pledged an ability and a desire to help Russia do anything he can, including if he can use his skills to get them weapons to do so. We have audio of that. We would play it, but it's actually in Russian. So I mean, <laughs> it could be him ordering a bull abortion. You wouldn't know. So just t- trust us. You're not, not going to give a Russian translation based on your experience in the Russian prison? Yeah, the only experience. I have no experience working for you. <laughs> no, but I, but I think the point is, yeah, so I could see him being helpful that way. And so Putin now is getting an asset. Uh, it is interesting that he's... Uh, so that way, right, if it's like, okay, this is going to help me get an arms dealer and I'm about to launch a military invasion in which arms are going to be useful, I could see the timing being that way. On the United States standing, I think the timing is telling as well because notice that they agreed to the deal two days after the last Senate race was decided in terms of the Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker runoff. Right. And I think it's been, I think, speculated, I think correctly so, that on some level, this is like, yes, it, it matters to the intersectional crowd, right? Like right. the people that value identity politics, but I don't think that's a majority of the United States electorate. In fact, I think the opposite's true. And if you had this become a campaign issue, I mean, you know, you had all these soft drags. Why didn't we see a red wave? The abortion issue matters. But this, if this had happened in October, you don't think that people are campaigning on the fact that the Biden administration is trading an arms dealer to Russia for a basketball player and that doesn't potentially buoy conservative chances. And so I think the Biden administration is probably guilty of slow playing this for political reasons until after the election. So that to me is the key question. Was it Griner instead of the Marine Mm -hmm. Whelan because Griner represents a touchstone that is part of Biden's political coalition? 
In other words, I understand what you're saying. I think the average American would be horrified at the notion that you are releasing hostages based on uh, who they are, what they identify as, what their sexual preferences are. But, you know, Biden has a history of this. I mean, he, he has appointed some pretty extreme people uh, to positions. You have that Department of Energy official who, uh, let's say, uh, uh, you know, cross dresses, who's now been charged a couple of times with stealing women's luggage. I mean, the point being, which is just wild. It, it is wild. It is very wild. Um, but but my point is, is that Biden has a history of of feeding the coalition, which is a, a, a sort of a very part of the majority of the country. But the question is, is, is was it Griner instead of Whelan? Because She's closer to his political coalition. You know, What's your thought on that? Well, when you put it like that, it makes it makes you think absolute. And I think we have some evidence to support it. But you're right. He said before he got elected, my running mate will be an African-American female. Right. He said, right. I will appoint an African-American female to the Supreme Court, which he did. Yeah. I mean, so it's identity the, politics the identity, and everything else. The identity is the qualification. Right. right? right. Uh, at, at a couple different levels. And at the press conference, when asked about whether or not that. Brittany Griner was selected over Paul Whelan for this trade. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, quote, the choice was bring Brittany home or no one. And we should talk about this because there's some evidence to suggest this isn't exactly true. But the quote continues, the president will never stop working to secure Paul Whelan's release. On a personal note, Brittany is an important role model and inspiration to millions of Americans, particularly the LGBT plus Americans and women of color. Bingo. So like why veer out of your way to highlight why she qualifies and why right. it matters to bring her back if it wasn't because of that that she was brought back. Right. I mean, what she's saying in that statement is she's she's making clear that Brittany Griner as a symbol mm -hmm. was very important for the Biden administration. It's not one person, another person. It's one symbol over another symbol. And that, to me, I think is horribly destructive. And we've reached the point where this disease of identity politics that has infected so much of the country is now part of hostage negotiations. Now, to her point that it was Brittany or no one, there's a lot of controversy about that, right? There was reporting last year in 2021 by ABC News that the Russians were prepared to uh, give up um, uh, the Marine and a fellow Marine who has since come back in exchange for uh, the Merchant of Death um, and for this assassin. That deal was never finalized. It was never agreed to on the U.S. side. Uh, and then statements have been made by Paul Whelan's attorney, uh, Russian attorney, um, that no, the deal was one for one and the choice was made by the United States that they were going to pick Brittany Griner as being that one, even though Whelan has been there longer, which to me would seem to be a factor, right? I mean, the, the, the one who's been there for a couple of years is probably going to be in a more difficult health circumstance uh, than the one who has been there, you know, eight months. If you're going to have to make that kind of terrible choice, that should be the basis of the choice, not what their gender or sexual preferences or who they what community in the United States they're a hero to. Also, in their original report, NBC News reported that it was a choice, the choice between Brittany Griner or Paul Whelan. And then they shadow edited the piece, which an investigative journalist picked up on to say, oh, no, it was just Brittany Griner or no one else. Like the Paul right. Whelan was never part of it. So the fact that they're being deceptive about it, I think, also kind of. If you're a Paul Whelan's family yeah. or if you're somebody that thinks, hey, are we making decisions based on merit? Look, I think there are potentially defensible reasons to say why picking Brittany Griner over a man uh, makes sense. Like this is somebody who was there for work purposes and maybe this. I mean, potentially 
if the evidence is stronger that Paul Whelan was engaged for whatever reason, some sort of a espionage or intelligence gathering wouldn't, thing. Wouldn't, wouldn't that make it more important to get him released, though? If he was engaging in espionage on behalf of the U.S. government, that's a strike in his favor. Yeah, He's it. actually performing a, a service for his country. If that's what he was doing, as Correct. opposed to gathering information for other private purposes or anything else. Yeah, it just there's a lot of unknowns there. But, right. I, but I think you could say, look, it's a woman. She's in this penal colony as opposed to wherever Paul Whelan is. I mean, apparently he doesn't have it that rough. He's given interviews to CNN from prison in Russia. Right. Uh, Brittany Griner, I think, seemed less available for media yeah. reports. So I, I think there's a lot of different circumstances. I could see you making an argument for why bringing Griner back over Whelan made sense. But because she's a woman, an African-American, and an LGBT member, to me, should not be on the list. And I think, unfortunately, that appears to have been exactly the qualifications and the criteria the Biden administration used. Well, why exactly was Brittany Griner in Russia? Um, there are a number of WNBA players uh, like Brittany Griner that over the last couple of decades have made a lot of money playing in Russia during the winter. I have to tell you, this kind of blew me away. I did not think of Russia as a place oh, where yeah. women's basketball would be a big sport. But this is what the Associated Press reported. With top players earning more than $1 million, Griney, Brianna Stewart, Deanna Taurasi, Sue Bird, uh, John Quell Jones, and others have been willing to spend their offseason playing far from home. It's tough for WNBA players to turn down that kind of money despite safety concerns and politics in some of the countries where they play. I mean, I have to say there's a certain irony here that you have somebody like Griner who is not only uh, a, a lesbian but is politically active mm -hmm. on that issue choosing to go to a country that is horrible for lgbtq people and she's doing it for the money right absolutely i mean so so well, and how important is the activism really to her but but here's the interesting well, it's also part. been pointed out that she doesn't stand for the national anthem right so like so right. not choosing in some form of a protest about whatever social ills the united does states she, is guilty she, of what, what does she do when the russian national anthem is played in in those games that would be interesting to know but here's what the associated press says russian sports leagues have been able to pay top players these high salaries because some of the teams are funded by government municipalities so it's possible that griner was actually being paid her salary was being paid in part by the russian government while others are owned by oligarchs who care more about winning championships and trophies than being profitable and again, these oligarchs are probably pro-Putin. I'm going to go out on a limb. Most of them have lined up him with the war. Um, but here's the funny thing. So Tarasi, who's one of these uh, great athletes in the WNBA, who's played there um, in 2015, uh, complaining, we had to go to a communist country, Russia, to get paid like capitalists, which is so backward to everything that was in the history books in sixth grade. Um, and I mean, I mean, it, it's like, it's like, poor me. I have to go take this paycheck from Russia because I don't feel like I'm getting paid my salary. I, I mean, it, it's, it's absurd reasoning. It's twisted reasoning. And yet is the media going to ask Brittany Griner when she does all the interviews, are they going to ask her these very basic, simple questions? And it leads me to the, the ultimate question that we're going to end the show with is, and I want you to give me your answer is, do we have an obligation when Brittany Griner decides to go to a country in tumult like Russia to play basketball, when relief workers go to Afghanistan, which is being run by the Taliban and they get arrested when relief workers go to Lebanon, do we have an obligation is the United States to trade really bad actors, terrorists, 
gun dealers, assassins? Do we have an obligation to trade them for Americans who have made the choice to go into what are effectively war zones and to put themselves at risk? Do we have an obligation to get them out? And should we make these kinds of trades? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I mean, I, I gather based on the tone of your question that you think the answer is no. <laughs> I think in very, very limited circumstances, I think if, if you look at a case like Russia or Afghanistan uh, or China these mm-hmm. days, it's obvious. It's obvious. These are countries that randomly arrest people all the time. And especially if you say, I have a little bit more sympathy for the relief worker mm-hmm. who's trying to help people for a celebrity who's like, hey, I was only making half a million dollars a year. I can bag twice that in Russia. So I'm going to Russia. Oh, get me out. I don't have any sympathy for that. I do think it depends on the uh, ideological bent of the administration. And just for some contrast, do you remember that when Donald Trump was president, there were there was a college basketball team, UCLA, was on a trip in China. And I think they're playing some exhibitions over there. I think it might have been set up sponsored oh, yeah. by Nike. Yep. And some of the basketball players stole something from a store. Now in China, like they don't play around with that kind of stuff. No, they right? do not. And, and so that's, I mean, I'm informed to your question about it. Like we've seen other people suffer incredible consequences for violating the rules of those countries when they're in those countries. Remember the student from the University of Virginia who was in North Korea, grabbed something as a piece of propaganda and ultimately died in yeah. a prison colony. Yeah. Despite, you know, what, who knows what the Obama administration tried to do to right. bring him home. Right. And why so, anybody is going to North Korea. No. Is 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 beyond me. But I know that when the UCLA players stole something, there were very real concerns about things going to get very serious very quickly. Yeah, like as serious as what happened to Brittany Griner. Yeah, and so I think that obviously there's a different level of corporate influence there. I think Nike played a big role. I think the Trump administration played a big role in ultimately bringing those kids home. But did we trade? I don't remember. Did we trade? We anything? traded no one. We traded no one. Yeah, and yeah. so but I think there was. I mean, there were definitely some concessions. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it gets dicey you go overseas like that. Um, I mean, typically, right, we'll see a journalist who gets detained in Moscow. We traded him for a physicist who was concerned about being a spy. And normally, it's like we trade military for military. And I think that's just what's so notable about the story. It's literally, it's a civilian for an arms dealer. Yeah. So, so I don't think we should do that. So, ultimately, what, what I hear you saying is that you do think in some circumstances – we have an obligation, but not at all. Is that where you are on this question? I, don't, I think obligation is tough. I think if we can, uh, we should. And obviously, this is somebody who isn't just a person, but she is, I mean, clearly a symbol, right? And so I think that, if anything, interestingly enough, in the Biden administration's eyes, helps justify it because it's not just a basketball player. It is an icon of a cultural group that, to your point, is essential to their political coalition. And so that's what made it worth it. But I also think everybody else that raises the questions of, can you believe we do this, this absolutely is you know dog whistle is a weird term to use but this is something that will not sit well with i think a majority of the country i agree and i think rightfully so well you've been listening to another podcast of the drill down we always appreciate you uh giving us your time and trusting us uh, with your time you can find our podcasts at thedrilldown.com and until next time thanks for joining us mm-hmm.